welcome to Zephyr Podcast Sessions with your host, me, Scott Howland. To find out more about Zephyr and how we're helping leading brands and businesses with customer journey orchestration, visit www.zephr.com. Hey and welcome to the Zephyr Podcast Sessions, back today and it's great to be joined today by Raul Monks. Raul, how are you? Really good, thank you. Yourself? Yeah, not bad, thank you. It's sunny outside, so that's always a, a good start. Um, we just had a discussion, is it Monday, Tuesday? Who knows today? It's always good fun on one of these uh, lockdown days or coming out of lockdown slowly. Um, so uh, it's great to have you on today. Uh, for people that don't know you, it would be great for you just to introduce yourself Um your role, your company, and what you do. Right, so uh, my name's Raoul Monks. I've been working in the media and events industry for 20 years. Started in UBM for 10 years, or different versions of UBM, which ended up as UBM. Uh, and then I moved in to start my own business, which is Flume Sales Training. We set up in 2010, and I set up the business having brought in numerous different sales trainers into the business I was in before and realized that a lot of the training that was happening wasn't really making a massive difference in terms of behavioral change and ROI and all of that and thought there's definitely a space for a company out there that actually works in terms of sales training and I'm sure there's plenty of others out there now but back then there was definitely a gap so I set up the business and flash forward 10 years we're here now and we're very well known um, positively in the media and events industry and we focus on helping teams to adapt to today's buyer which right now is a massive massive area because everything has changed absolutely and that's kind of what we're going to dive into today on this shifting perspectives and hopefully yeah. this is quite useful for for some of the media uh and publishing um uh listeners today as well obviously you've got a host of experience of working along and looking at your roster on your on your website the likes of haymarket centaur uh, euro money etc so some some huge brands names out there um i think it's well known right but why are perspectives changing well i think there's a lot of perspectives that we could angle this from um and i'll try and kind of go through what i think some of the most important ones is so i think perspectives of salespeople, sales leaders events and media companies are changing a little bit in terms of their perspective towards development and training and i think that is because there's been such a change from the buyers and slow down in terms of decisions and the reticence to making decisions um, that there's a realization that development has to happen now, whereas there's often been this feeling in the background over the past 10 years since starting Flume that for some people, they could get away without the development. Whereas now I think a lot of people are realizing, wow, we need to do something. In fact, one of the summits we ran recently, we polled the audience. We had about 400 people there. And 99% of people said that sales development was critical to their business success now. The 1% that didn't say critical said very important. So there's definitely an overwhelming feeling that the perspective around sales development and training has um, adjusted and really come onto the radar. But I think a massive part of that, as I alluded to just now, is the other shift in perspective, which is the shift to the client's perspective and what's interesting about this in my head is that this should always have been there and all that's happened right now is that things have been accelerated massively 
to really boil down to the core stuff, which always has been the stuff we should be focusing on. But right now, if you look at the buyers, the decision makers in media and events who are saying yes or no to the sponsorship, we've been talking to a lot of them and interviewing them and their worlds are upside down and it is tougher than ever for them to make a decision as to whether to work with one events tool media company over another. And it's incredibly important that the sales experience is helping them make an easy decision. And what they're saying to us over and over again is most sales experiences right now are not doing what they need and it's making it harder for them to make decisions. So the biggest shift in my head in terms of perspective is to the importance of the clients. And that's interesting because obviously I guess even over the last few years, there's been a lot of feature sales instead of value sales. So when I'm saying that, um, that they're selling the features, what you're getting every step of the level at the event, instead of actually, what do the buyers want and what do the buyers need? What What's going to make the decision makers tick? Yeah. Is it, for example, and I guess this goes into the ROI, where is that ROI coming from? Is it coming from leads that they're, they're pumping into the sales pipelines? Is it coming from um, qualified leads or opportunities that are coming into the sales pipelines? I think once you start to understand this and unpick this, you can start to um, progress and map your features accordingly and yeah. apply pressure to the right side of those. Uh, obviously, uh, it works across all different verticals but essentially in this media and an event space to that sponsorship package yeah. but you can order it in the way that's going to show more value to that client yeah it's uh, such an interesting one i mean i i could probably talk for about two and a half weeks on this one subject but <laughs> when you talk about things like features and selling the features it's always been a problem and everyone's always talked about it but it's again been something that salespeople could potentially get away with because there was such a demand for especially the live events and marketers had much freer budgets. Right now, again, it's just been accelerated. The buyer cares much more about themselves and staying safe and they're in survival mode. And so there, if you look at their buyer persona and what their role looks like on a day-to-day, -day, the challenges they've got now, the impacts and results and ROI that they're measured against, that's changed. And if sales teams, leaders, events and media companies aren't updating their buyer persona and thinking actually what challenges do we solve right now that the clients care about? What results and impacts can we have right now that are really going to say we understand your world? And what's changed in the decision-making process for those clients? If we're not adapting to that and working that out, then every message you put out there sales-wise is just going to fall flat. And that's really a massively important thing is that buyer persona bit. No, absolutely. And uh, I was just going to um, add to that. Obviously, people are um, uh, reviewed on their on their in, on their results, right? So what what's coming through? And maybe maybe take it back a year ago, there was budgets in place and marketing teams were spending it on events, for example. And they weren't really maybe carefully watched under every kind of penny they're spending. They, they might have 500K that they can go and spend on events. Or maybe that's quite a big budget for, for some of these companies. But you kind of get the idea that that could have gone. And as long as they don't overspend that budget and they bring in a certain amount of leads, maybe three of the events they do bring in most of the leads. They're not going to get questioned on the rest of the events. Whereas now, I think it's every event everything is watched every penny is is kind of under under the magnifying glass to see to see what's what's coming out of it and i think that's a big change in everything people are more um 
working out the risks what what comes with that as well at the same time which is quite interesting yeah um what what do you think you mentioned um uh, shifting to clients perspective and decision makers changing their their kind of perspectives in that what do you think are some of the key changes decision makers have changed their perspective on so it's a brilliant question and it's one that I, i'm lucky enough to have heard from actual decision makers buyers of media and events we ran a summit which is free actually for anyone if they want to listen to it where we interviewed and discussed with decision makers in media and events that exact question at a time more as well and the main stuff that came out of that was that, okay, so number one, the way that the media and events buyer looked at events, as an example, wasn't really as an event. They saw it as a way to engage audiences. So the language they used was quite different than the language salespeople use in media and events. All they cared about was what's going to work this year in terms of engaging audiences. And the media and events platforms were just a way of driving and delivering that. So actually, they're just focused on results, just focused on driving KPIs. Um, but you're right that what's changed for them is that there's far more risk in, in terms of making a bad decision. Because if you think about it, the way that decisions get made on any sort of marketing platform now is under such scrutiny, as you said. The stat before this, by the way, was that there's 6.8 decision makers involved in the average decision in B2B. But what they were saying is that's probably gone up a little bit, but actually what's really changed is that those 6.8 are now made up at the board level. And so the board level are looking at every decision because they're just thinking, well, why do we need to spend any money in the first place? So unless they can justify this is likely to work, then it's very, very difficult for them to drive a decision through. Now, what's also interesting from that is a stat that is very well known, which is that 80% of the delivery of ROI through media and event solutions comes from what the client does. 80% of delivery of ROI comes from what the client does. And only 20% is down to what you've actually sold them. That's why if you're listening to this and you're in an events company, you've got one company who went and took stand A, which is exactly the same as company who took stand B. Stand A did brilliantly, stand B did not so great. That's because of what they did. Now, what's interesting is there are some companies out there who are really realizing they've got to start taking control of helping their clients to drive ROI through media campaigns and through events whether it's virtual, digital solutions, whatever it might be. And that's exactly what we heard when we spoke to the audience in Summit 2, was that the way that they're engaging with their clients, so it's a whole new perspective here, the audience's perspective, that's changed as well. So clients need to know what is and isn't going to work with the audience. That's changed, so that's tougher for them, so it's harder for them to get a decision through. The companies, media and events companies who are thriving or doing better right now are the ones who are helping them understand how to engage the audiences with teaching, stories, best practice, all of that stuff and really taking control and not just saying, hey, that 80% is up to you, but actually we've created processes to try and safeguard it because if you're not doing that, then you're leaving it down to the client to potentially make the wrong decisions or not be able to drive those decisions through. I think that that relates to everything across those kind of events and things like that. I've been at various B2B events over what, the last, say, five, 10 years or whatever, where we've been on stands or presenting or whatever that might be. And there's, a, there's this kind of, and I was talking about this the other week, there's this kind of experience that comes with that at events when you get upsold the package to to sponsor the lunch tables or whatever that might be. 
Um, and doing all of this in digital environments over Zoom or over virtual kind of platforms, uh, they need to get it right and bring in across these um, these experiences. I was, I was looking at an events company the other day. Um, uh, I'm not going to call out any names, but um, they uh, they had the same price for uh, for sponsorships as they did for the the um, face-to-face physical events as they did with their virtual events. And the first question was, but what's the what's the value there? Because what are we going to get back? Because you you don't know if people are interacting with that really. Yes, okay, some platforms are great and they do that. Um, are you getting the same value of the experience? Are your for example, at a show, I might go on one of my wanders around the room and start talking to people and networking with people. Well, that's pretty hard to do in a Zoom environment. Um, there's only so many private chats you can have on Zoom, right? Yeah. Um, but um, it, it, you can't, uh, it, I'd, my opinion, it doesn't come across the same and people need to reflect that and then reflect that back in, back in their value and what they're offering and how that comes over. And I kind of, that comes up. Over. I'm just interested um, in what you mentioned a second second ago. So I've seen some stuff on social media. I think I joined one of your sessions. So it's quite interesting what you, you've been doing over the time. Did you predict, and I know you had quite high numbers on some of your Zooms and uh, on your webinars that you were running, etc. We, we ran about seven webinars and then we yeah. changed the word webinar to summit. <laughs> summit, <laughs> there we were, go. They're called Flume, Flume Cells Lab Summits, the final three that we did. And that's good, Look, you're, you're changing it a little bit, trying to be a bit different. But um, what, how did that work for you? Obviously, I think you said that you were expecting kind of like 50 people to start with and it came out with 2,000 or something like that. I, I'm, intre- I'm interested in what you saw in that as well and how you kind of drove that at the same time yeah so that that whole experience was a very interesting one Uh, really learn and still am learning so much about it because up until lockdown we were a training company delivered nearly everything in-house and then when everything happened uh, kind of training went out the window for a lot of people clients were having conversations about having to postpone all of that so very similar to what a lot of media and events especially events companies out there going through themselves and what we did after two or three days of drastic panic thinking what are we going to do is stage one was come back together myself and my team and I asked a very important question which I didn't realize the importance until now or until reflecting back which helped us through and is helping us through still now which was why do we need to exist right now why do we need to exist right now? What's our purpose? And we realized that our purpose had to be for us to get through this. Our purpose had to be to help the media and events sales professionals get through this. So that allowed us to think, okay, well, if everything has to come back from that purpose, what can we do? And that gave us different areas we could help media and events sales leaders uh, with. So the main two really were, number one, help their sales teams to navigate this incredibly tough time with their clients and interact with their clients in the best way so they can come out in the best way but the other is helping sales leaders work with their remote teams because that will change as well so we moved very quickly which i'm really pleased we did and exactly like you said we were expecting 50 people to our webinar that we set up on selling in a crisis and i i managed to break crowdcast um because we we got something like 1900 i think it's just under 1900 and I was like, wow. And, and really reflecting back, why did that work? Is because we looked at our clients. What do they care about? What questions do they need the answers to that we can add the most value with? And that's where we aimed and we acted quickly and we continuously went through that process. And it's been really interesting. All we've been doing the whole time is going back to our core purpose and each time thinking what's going to be most useful for the audience, the clients right now. 
and that's why I kind of brought that up because it's kind of practice what you preach, right? You're talking here about shifting perspectives. You You took that perspective and went, right, what do we need to do? It's the client's perspective. What do our clients need right now? Yep. What is our purpose? Again, okay, fine. Take that into a media and events company. What is our purpose? Well, we're there to um, help, uh, I don't know, give knowledge to the people that come along to yeah. the event. And on the other hand, our sponsorships, we're giving value to them in by however that is. Is it leads? Is it sales? Is it pipeline? Whatever that kind of is to to those, um, those sponsorships yeah. as well at the same time. So it's about taking that, we're providing this event and sponsors come to us to kind of, uh, right, we now need to proactively go out and target the right people at the right time with the right value to see what they're going to bring out and bring back. And I, God, this is this this is common, right, across all kind of types of sales. It's about the right product at the right time um, and then take it to um, what, what I work in subscriptions right you want the right subscription at the right time because otherwise you're not going to buy it because you don't see the value in it and it all comes back to this value proposition and how that's being pitched which is um which is quite interesting spin it a little bit though if people aren't up for changing and this might be a real uh uh, bad bad question to ask (laughs) what's going to happen in your opinion um i think or could happen yeah i I don't want to be like some people will be able to get away without changing. Uh, I don't think the majority will. I think the industry, uh, however you want to define that industry now, because that term in itself is changing, but is is absolutely going through a seismic shift where what clients are learning now about the buying experience and the sales experience and what audiences are learning around how they can learn and connect and buy from clients all of that is changing it's not suddenly going to be forgotten once lockdown's gone because they're finding better easier sometimes ways of making those decisions now when live comes back i've no doubt that there will be uh, a lot of the decisions and a lot of the behaviors will exist but there will be obviously some new ones that come back in when live comes back in my take is if we're not adapting to that shift now then there's a case for becoming obsolete in terms of it and not standing out because when you look at the research before the lockdown 53 percent of why clients would choose one option over another was down to the sales experience that was before lockdown we just didn't necessarily realize it but actually right now that sales experience has to be saying i'm doing this for the right reason I'm here to drive ROI for you. I'm going to teach you every single thing I know about the audience and best practice to help you get better ROI. And I'm creating processes with my team to help to demonstrate and drive that ROI for you and prove it. Once, because that's already starting to happen, if it doesn't happen afterwards, they're going to be thinking, what? <laughs> what where's that great stuff you were doing before? And I just think that every single thing, every single move that sales leaders, sales teams and companies are making right now, it's going to be remembered forever. Like your clients are more receptive, but also more um, perceptive of bad approaches than ever before. And that's what we're hearing on the summit was their BS radar was higher than ever before. So if they're hearing a client, a salesperson who's coming across as inauthentic, doing stuff for the right, wrong reasons, that will last in their minds forever. So I don't want to say that it's all doom and gloom if you don't adapt, but I do know that because the differentiator as to why clients are going to be choosing you is going to continue to be the sales experience. If you're not up there trying to master that, 
being the one saying we're doing stuff for the right reasons, we're making stuff that is going to work for you and I can prove it and I can teach you and help you, then you're going to be losing out to those competitors who are doing that. And that's really interesting. And I think that's uh, for, for most of this conversation. I think that's a good good way to finish on it there. Put it, shift perspective, put, put it in your client's kind of shoes. What do they need? What's the value to them? How are you going to help them? And I think that's going to be remembered. Make it authentic and 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 come across like that. And we all know the uh, the companies during uh, the start of lockdown, which uh, tried to make their their employees carry on working, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. They're all kind of ingrained into our brains now, so we always remember these kind of things. Um, so um, really appreciate that, and thank you uh, for um, for talking to me about this today it's really interesting if people want to learn more about this and get in touch with you how do they do that so i'm always open as are the flume team for a conversation whatever it is no obligation whatsoever we're genuinely trying to do everything we can right now to help people come through my recommendation would be to go onto our website flume training.com and if you go to our free resources page my first call if i were you would be good to go there because there's tons and tons of content which is all free all of our summits, all of our webinars, all of our flume chats, all of our tip videos, our YouTube page, and it's all created to help your sales teams to adapt. So go there, and if you want a further conversation, just give us a buzz and we'll do what we can. There we go. So uh, make sure you go and do that. And i um, got a couple of random questions on the end here for you that I've tried to ask on it, uh, every session so far. Sure. Uh, I, haven't, I haven't prepped you on any of these. So uh, firstly, um, uh, pretend we're out of lockdown and we go to a, uh, a bar in London uh, on a Thursday evening. What's your go-to drink of choice? It is Dead Pony Club Brewdog. I think it's 3.9%. It's a winner. Yes, yeah, quite a lightweight one. Yeah. yeah. I did get one of the Barnard Castle uh, uh, crates the other week. That was quite nice. nice. Um, and uh, my, my last question is that I'm creating an upbeat playlist uh, kind of for all of this period. I'm about to put it together. Uh, if there was a go-to song choice that you could add to that playlist, what would it be? Oh, my goodness really um <laughs> you'd be surprised you'd be surprised everyone that i asked that question to has basically the same answer like what really <laughs> upbeat upbeat oh it doesn't matter any song any song to add to it um so not very upbeat um but it's beautiful and it's one i've been listening to a lot um so and it's also not that new but it's uh bon Eva and it's a song called holocene and interesting fact uh bon Eva, his first album, which is for Emma, that's what it's called. The first song on that album is called Flume, and that's where the company name comes from. So look at that. He's a he's an absolute genius. Go and have a listen. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Love Bonnie Bear. And uh, yeah, I've uh, unfortunately not been able to catch him live yet. So hopefully uh, over the next few years, once we can go to live music again, oh. I'll be a... Uh, it's on my list. Um, look, Raul, it's great to chat to you. Thank you very much for being on the Zephyr podcast sessions today. And uh, I, I really, really appreciate your time. Everyone else, please go and check out flumetraining.com. Go and uh, ping Raul if you want to hear any more um, about sales and shifting perspectives. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Take care.